Good morning, and thank you for viewing the fan page of the Law Office of Travell Travis, your low-cost, high-quality law firm. I ask that you like and follow our page, as well as like, share, comment on our videos, as well as connect with us on our website, email, and social media. All platforms is the same. Uh, Travell Travis, T-R-A-V-E-L-L, Travis, T-R-A-V-I-S. And you can find me on Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, as well as Gmail and um, our website. Um, as a disclaimer, this video is for educational and advertising purposes. It's not a substitute uh, for consulting a licensed attorney in your uh, state. Uh, last week, we discussed whether a church or ministry should uh, incorporate while intending to cover both uh, churches as well as personal ministries. Uh, we spent time on primarily the church, uh, but today I want to speak a little bit more about personal ministries. Yes, um, a minister, licensed, commissioned, ordained minister uh, can be both an employee of a church as well as an independent uh, contractor. In other words, a sole proprietor of their own personal ministry. Uh, while you may not think of it that way, a minister that receives income uh, for weddings, funerals, uh, counseling sessions, as well as outside speaking engagements, you are technically um, a business owner in the eyes of the IRS. Very similar to if you think of a barber or a beautician who has a, a license to perform uh, a certain task, uh, a minister likewise is a uh, entrepreneur, a business owner, a sole proprietor. As such, a minister should report income and expenses on their tax returns. Understand uh, that although there's the separation of church and state, uh, that does not mean that the minister is tax exempt, uh, nor because the minister is paid in cash means that the minister does not have to uh, report their income as well as their expenses on their taxes. Um, in fact, there are many clergy that have gone to jail and are in jail uh, for failure to pay taxes on ministry income. Uh, for many ministers, this is not a, a bad thing to actually report income and uh, losses on the tax return. Unless you are a highly uh, sought-after minister, itinerant minister, uh, perhaps uh, uh, one that can uh, demand a higher honorarium or a fixed honorarium, uh, many of you actually have greater expenses uh, than income. So when you talk about that unreimbursed hotel room, uh, the unreimbursed meals, um, and the biggest oftentimes is mileage. If you tend to drive to a lot of your appointments and engagements, you know, the traditional church uh, was uh, to give you a love offering that covered uh, gas and a meal. When the IRS doesn't look necessarily at gas money, uh, but in fact, uh, mileage. So when you add the mileage and you keep, whether it's a, a written log or whether you use one of these uh, newer apps uh, to record mileage, once you start traveling great distance and you start calculating that mileage, uh, you will be surprised how that impacts your income to expenses on your uh, tax returns. Also, you have unpaid obligations as a minister. 
Not everything that a minister does is paid. Um, when you talk about visiting um, hospitals, uh, visiting prisons, uh, visits for counseling, uh, funerals, the number of funerals in and out of town that you have to travel to, the meals, the lodging, um, as well as the mileage, as well as your denominational responsibilities. Many of you are part of various denominations and organizations, and there's districts and dioceses and region events, convocations that you're obligated to attend. And because those are perhaps not covered by your church, but you're obligated to attend, uh, those things may be eligible uh, for including um, in terms of expenses on your taxes, credential fees, um, clergy uniforms, uh, books, uh, even tolls and parking. You travel uh, certain parts of the country, you're going to have to pay uh, tolls. If you go to hospitals, you perhaps have to pay for uh, parking as well as conference registration, uh, flyers, and even hosting your own uh, website may be considered uh, deductible. So it's important as a minister uh, that you have an accountant that's familiar with the rules and policies of the IRS regarding uh, ministers and clergy um, in particular. Lastly, um, I want to uh, speak about whether or not um, some people get caught up in the idea of whether or not a ministry should be named. Uh, some people say, well, I don't like it when a person calls their ministry their name or use their initials. But the reality is whether you call it your name or by some uh, your initials or some other name, the reality is your ministry is a business, a sole proprietorship. And so some uh, rightfully refer to it by their birth name, uh, their initials, or they choose uh, a different name that perhaps is symbolic or represents uh, the nature of their ministry. Uh, last thing I want to share before I conclude, um, when should I incorporate a personal ministry? We've already established that a personal ministry exists as a sole proprietorship. The question is, when should I perhaps become more formal with it and actually consider incorporating? One, you should consider the type of ministry that you have. If you're a local pastor and pretty much all that you do is through your church and is covered by your church, you have a salary for it and they cover your expenses, then you may not need to have a separate incorporated ministry for your personal ministry engagements. However, a person who is an evangelist, uh, apostle, a uh, person who teaches, uh, uh, travels routinely to do seminars um, and workshops, or perhaps a pastor that's not on salary uh, and church is not able to cover expenses, then you may want to consider uh, incorporating your personal uh, ministry. Secondly, you might want to look at the, the income. As I said, many ministers, if they actually add up all the cost of ministry, um, perhaps operate at a loss. But if you are uh, generating a substantial amount of income and you're at a point where you're being taxed on that income, then you may want to look at um, a more formal structure for your ministry, especially if you're at a point where you're not just see, receiving honorariums, uh, but people perhaps are seeding or donating to the ministry, then you may want to look at incorporating as well as um, obtaining a 501c3 for uh, those donations. Also, are you writing books? Um, are you uh, selling DVDs? So when you start looking at other sources of income other than your honorarium or your love offering, 
and you're at a point where your ministry is really profitable, you might want to consider having uh, a more formal structure. Another thing to consider is when the ministry, your personal ministry grows to where you have uh, staff, especially paid staff, not just volunteers, uh, but paid staff. Perhaps you have a paid administrator that handles your uh, invitations, your travel, your booking. Perhaps you have a social media manager. Perhaps you even have your own musician that travels uh, with you. Perhaps you have a ministry team that, that, that handles your logistics, especially if you're hosting conferences and crusades, but also a ministry team, perhaps your uh, staff that helps you in, in actual ministry, your altar workers and uh, your intercessors, and they travel with you and they're your paid uh, staff. And so once you get to the point, perhaps, where your personal ministry has paid staff, then you might want to consider incorporating because they're technically would be employees of your ministry business, if, if you will. Uh, number three, uh, if you're entering into uh, contracts, we talk about the, the reason people incorporate is often to mitigate or to reduce the risk that comes from debts and contracts. A preacher that preaches maybe once a month gets a, a basic love offering, may not have a lot of risk involved with the ministry. Uh, but a minister that is perhaps now hosting conferences and crusades and events and you're renting out auditoriums and hotel ballrooms where there's attrition clauses and damage uh, fees. Uh, perhaps you're bringing in a whole sound audiovisual uh, team. Perhaps you have a television ministry. Uh, perhaps you're engaged in missions trips and uh, community outreach. Once again, now you're at another level. Uh, you're operating uh, with greater uh, uh, liability, greater risk, then it may be important to create that separate uh, ministry entity uh, for you. And the last thing I would, uh, reason I would give for when a ministry should consider incorporating, a personal ministry should consider incorporating, is when you begin to think about uh, your heirs and your succession planning. Uh, even though you may be the founder of a church, the pastor of a church, Technically, you don't own the church and therefore cannot just automatically pass through your will or your estate plan, the church, uh, to your heir. However, uh, a personal ministry as a business, uh, especially if it's incorporated, is a business like the restaurant, uh, just like the funeral home, just like really any other ministry that can be passed along to spouse as well as children. And there's various notable ministries today that the spouse or the children are operating under that ministry. They're carrying on that ministry uh, that their parent or their spouse um, established and set up the formal structure. And they were able to pass that ministry, uh, the books, the DVD sales, the, uh, the staff, the team, evangelistic um, activities of that person to uh, the designated heir. Uh, so once again, uh, trying to cover a lot in a short period of time. If this video has helped you or could help someone else, uh, please like our page, uh, like our video, comment, share, uh, visit our website or connect with us on social media. Contact us by email. All of it is Travel Travis, T-R-A-V-E-L-L-T-R-A-V-I-S. And those who are watching, I see you, Victoria. And Keisha, thank you for your support and um, watching our video today. Mind that this video is for advertising and educational 
uh, purposes. It's not a substitute for consulting an attorney. Um, and in this case, even perhaps a, an accountant licensed in your uh, state. Once again, thank you so much. May God bless you and have a blessed Memorial Day uh, in Jesus' name. Amen.